Hey guys, Tony Reed here. Now we all know spring is right around the corner and you're going to need plenty of podcasts on your playlist for those long hours in the field. The one podcast that I'm going to recommend is Farm for Profit. Tanner, Dave, and Corey do a phenomenal job of having a wide range of guests on their show. It might be anyone from a university professor to an estate planner to a marketing analyst. They even have machine repeat on there from time to time. Then once a week, they do a Farm for Fun episode where they sit around and crack a few cold ones and kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. And those guests may come from Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, or even TikTok. It's a great podcast. You got to go check it out. They're on all the major players, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all of them. You can even go to Google and type in farm, the number four, profit.com and read all about them. They call themselves the mullet of podcast. Go check it out. You won't regret it. That's farm, the number four, profit. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick this week. Uh, we are going through some Prairie Farmer magazines from the 70s and 80s. Got a whole stack of them here. And for those of you in other states, I don't know how, how widespread that was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just your, you know, state farm magazine that just tells everything about farming, different policies, new trends, all that good stuff. And it's interesting as hell to look back through those, yeah. especially at the at the times we're looking at here, late seventies, early to mid eighties. You know, flipping through what was that one ad you seen? Fifteen percent on a new yeah. change tractor, fifteen percent interest. Fifteen percent interest, bargain of fifteen percent interest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I couldn't imagine going through them times. I, you know, I'm too young to really. I was born in 1980, so you know, when all that stuff was going on, you know, eight yeah. nine years old, you don't really know what it is or hear anything about it as a kid, you know. But then were some interesting times on the farm, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> but I don't know. It's it's neat to see the the trends the way and, and actually it's neat to even see there's a lot of stuff they were talking about back then that they're still talking about today. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it's conservation tillage, no till Yeah. You know, your different chemicals for this weed, that weed. Yeah. yeah different things you can do and and a lot of that stuff is the same stuff that's in the magazine today mm -hmm. you know better version of it probably but uh the same yeah. stuff yeah and they're talking about how dysfunctional the illinois government is i mean nothing's yeah. changed there nothing's changed there <laughs> what i've realized is pickup trucks got better mileage then than they do now yeah i i never realized that looking at uh ford chevy like say dodge didn't put theirs on there but ford and chevy was what, you know, what was the miles per gallon on some of them? It was 19 and 24. 19 city, 24 highway. Yeah, on an old Ford pickup yeah. from the 70s yeah. and 80s. Now, granted, that's a small motor, sure. which, you know, most people didn't get back then, but still, you're not going to buy a truck that gets much better than that now. Yeah, I, I had no clue that the gas mileage was was that good back then. Just never really thought about it, I guess. Yeah. No emissions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. They didn't feed them crap. They let them breathe. Yeah. Yep. Well, I got a kick out of that one article you rattled off there earlier. The the huge machine shed. It was what forty by <laughs> yeah. sixty or whatever. It was. Yeah, wasn't even that big. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. That was the the monster. Yeah, you get the monster. Yep. That's monster a, shed. That's a that. tiny shop now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's everything's gotten bigger and things have changed. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. I I wish to some degree I would have been born. 
maybe 10 years earlier for a couple different reasons. You know, I think it'd been cool to see a brand new 1066, yeah, forty four forty stuff like that. Um, which I guess that would have been. You, well, they've been fairly new. When, when yeah. was a forty four four? Was that like? Were that made in the eighties or was that seventies on them? Uh, that'd have been late seventies, early eighties. Okay, I think. Yeah, but it would have been cool though, because you know I don't really remember when IH went down as a company. I mean, I can barely remember <laughs> IH dealerships as a kid. You know, but you didn't, you weren't involved in it. You didn't know. I remember it only because my dad had a plethora of IH hats and mom had cleaned out like two weeks before that. And we had thrown away IH this and IH that because we just had had it laying everywhere. Yeah. And then they went under and it's like, huh, that's probably going to bore some someday. (laughs) And here we are. And it is, man, somewhere it's in a landfill. (laughs) Yeah, that's. Sad, sad to say, but it is true. But I do remember, though, the the local IH dealerships around here as a kid. I, I remember them. There was one in our hometown. Oh, really? Sturtson had an, had an IH dealership at one time. Yeah. No kidding. Like, like, how far back would that have been? <clears throat> For sure in the 560 days. I don't know how much longer after that, um, when I can't even tell you the name of it now, or where it was at. I think it was across from the lumber yard, but I wouldn't swear to it. Is that right? All where it's at today. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know, you know, Claire back 30s and 40s, because, you know, Strasburg had a yeah. John Deere dealership way back when. Yeah. I mean, them things had to be everywhere. They were everywhere, but you didn't travel very far, so you bought everything right there. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, because I've just started reading these two books uh, about basically when IH went down, and it's just kind of one book's talking mainly about the whole history of the company all the way through, and then the other book is kind of a dealer's perspective of IH, but it kind of... I never really thought about it before, but it was talking when Cyrus McCormick first invented the Reaper, and they were pushing it, you know, and getting farmers to try it and this and that. And it is weird to think about, you know, when something broke back then, hey, you didn't have to figure it. You'd never been around one. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. You or I take it for granted. You kind of grow up with it and, mm-hmm. and get a get an idea of how this stuff works. But, I mean, hell, that was space age technology back then yeah. i mean you'd have been calling the big boys in on, on yeah. stuff like that when that broke you went back to doing it by hand yeah. literally by hand yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think it was telling there the first reaper that he invented i think he could do they they projected it to do 10 acres a day for how was that 10 acres a day or basically, or I guess it was 100 acres a year. So they, they broke it all down or whatever, which, you know, was just revolutionary. I mean, yeah. mind-boggling. I'd have to go back and read that stat, how they how they worded that. 10 acres a day, 100 acres per year for 10 years, I think, was maybe how they worded that. Yeah. So it was just... BTO. Oh, absolutely. The, to the, modern, the, the old school BTO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I... I never realized, though, when IH went down, how close John Deere was to going yeah. down, too. I, they, I mean, they said it was literally within days yes. of going broke, John Deere was. Yeah. And I mean, I never realized they got that close to, to yeah, going Yeah, I down. think everybody was pretty close at that time. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. with, you know, 15 to 20% interest, I mean. Part of what saved Deere, from what little bit I know about it, is, you know, they had retooled. They had spent a bunch of money and retooled a few years before IH. So they were a little further along the process, and I tried to retool in the middle of a crisis, and you just couldn't recover. Yeah. And there were so many bad decisions that had played into that, you know. And like we were talking earlier before the podcast, 
I think they thought they were going to get bailed out. Yeah, they did. You know, Dodge got bailed out. Right. They thought they were way bigger than Dodge. We'll yeah. get it too. You know, kind of like Illinois. It's like, well, we'll just throw caution to the wind. Federal government will bail us out. And lo and behold, we just did. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's funny to think about, too, when you look back. And that's what pisses me off so bad about the state of Illinois and the complete dumbasses that run this state. You know, we got Caterpillar headquarters, mm-hmm. John Deere headquarters, International Harvester headquarters at mm-hmm. one time. I mean, you had all these humongous players in the agriculture. Yeah. You know, the biggest, the, I mean, that was your top three. Yeah, in, for in sure. Any kind of equipment manufacturing. Yeah. And, you know, if we had a state that was run by competent people, it's hard to say what kind of industry you could draw to this state. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Well, we should be the biggest, the best, and best. We're in the middle. Everything that's sold anywhere in the world or anywhere in the United States goes through us yeah. at some point in time. Yeah. You know, we should be better than we are, but. Yeah, it's sad. I, Politics uh, is another issue. Yeah, we're not going to go down that road. But <clears throat> yeah, that that IH, I didn't realize how much stuff they were into. They made everything. I mean, yeah, I mean, literally everything. <laughs> it was and quality product. I mean, but some of it wasn't. If you could have combined. Deer's marketing and Deer's marketing wasn't as good then as it is now. Obviously, but you know, essentially, IH invented the SUV. Yeah, let's go. You know, the Scout, the Travel All. I mean, they had four door pickups, they had suburban type vehicles, you know, expedition type vehicles, excursion type vehicles. They had all that stuff way back then. Yeah. But it wasn't refined enough to really, and it was before the market really caught on to that, you know. They had all that, you know, refrigerators. You talk anybody that still has a IH refrigerator or freezer still works. Mm-hmm. They can't move it. Yeah. Somebody put it in the basement, built a house over the top of it. It's stuck down there. Yeah. But those things last forever, you know, which is part of the problem. You can't sell the guy a second one because the first one never broke. Yep. You know, that's like the Amazon of today. Yes. You know, I mean, it yeah. really is. It, it's, it's sad, really. I mean, at one time they dominated the, the heavy truck market, the ag market, the refrigerator market, the yep. lawnmower market. I mean, they had it all. They did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it makes you wonder how a company can go from that to literally broke. I mean, there was some piss-poor decisions made, no doubt about it. I mean, poor, poor management. But, I, you know, you say that, but then you, you look at, at uh, you know, GM, Ford, Dodge, whatever, today, and it's like, oh, they're posted their straight third-quarter loss, or, you know, they, they you know barely made any money. It's like, you see, you borrowed all this money. I mean, we're talking millions and billions of dollars. And you turned this little bit of a profit. It's like, at what point in time do you turn enough to make it worth your time to continue yeah. to do it, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. And that's where the big disconnect is, I think. When you see a company that struggles or even loses money of in a quarter, but you see the, the top executives in that company are raking in just... Yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars between all yeah. the perks and the salary, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, why are we paying these guys for doing a poor job? Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and I don't mean to sound liberal or socialist on that, because I'm far from that, but if, you know, if this guy here, by the time you threw in all the perks and everything, was making, this just say, $80 million, which is probably not out no. of the, the realm of things, but look at how many people that could either employ more people or mm-hmm. take better care of the people you got or something. I mean, yeah, that... I don't know. That that's always a, a, a double edged sword. You know, I, I personally don't know that any one man is worth that kind of money on a publicly traded company. You know, if you're 
if you're Jeff Bezos, I guess, and you invented this company and built it from the ground up and you're making whatever, that's one thing, I Th- guess. That's your deal, I guess. But yeah, with somebody to just hire somebody to, to manage a company, I don't know. You yeah. have to be really, really good. And I don't know that all of them are. You know? No, I don't, I don't think they are. And once again, that's sort of a, a game and a big click. You know, this CEO left here and now he's here yeah. and over here. And it, it's a big club that you and I ain't invited into. No, for sure not. Yeah, I'm going to be CEO of nothing. But, uh, and that's fine. I yeah. can live with that. But. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know. It's But it is neat looking back through all this stuff. And as to how, like we were talking with the testimonials on the Axle Flow Combine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, some of those quotes are pretty intriguing. <laughs> Very off the cuff. No PC. Just. They are what they are, and, and uh, just like the old meme goes, this fucker just eats corn. corn. Yeah, well, yeah, they just they, they say what they say, and they got a big mustache to back it up. You know, you're not going to tell them otherwise. Back when men were men. Yeah. You know, I was showing you earlier. This Dodge ad says that it can haul three more bushel of oats than a Ford or a Chevy. Now you go into your dealership tomorrow, and you ask the salesman, "I want the truck that hauls more oats than a competitor." I bet you get a funny look. I bet he can't tell you how many more oats this thing hauls than the competitor. Uh, yeah. Then we look at the old death trap Honda three wheelers in there. You know, the yeah, or the suspensions and the tires. <laughs> yep. Uh, Had a million good times on those things, though. Rode them all over. Yep. Yeah. It, it is amazing, too, though, when you look down, like they'll have an, an IH ad, you know, with a, a new tractor or whatever. And then beside that, it'll list all the stores. Yes. Which, and that was just in Illinois. Yeah. And there had to have been oh. between 60 and 80. I mean, yeah. that, that column just went on forever. On yeah. And none of them are that same name now, except for one or two Berkey stores. Yeah. You know, everything I mean, else has changed. I, I don't know. If, if you had to bet, would there be... Would there be 30 IH dealers in the state of Illinois? I mean, and I'm talking locations. You know, I know Berkey's is one, but I mean, what do they got? 10 locations or 12, whatever they got. Yeah, well, they got more than 12 now probably. But yeah, as far as franchises or names or whatever, yeah, I would say it's probably I mean, less than 30s. Yeah. It, I mean, you got H&R to the south. You've got Berkey's to the, around here to the north. Is Seavers still in business over yeah, the west? Yeah, and they've got a couple. I mean, so... Every place has multiple dealerships, so there's not very many, not very many different vendors right. left right. on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, heck, look at the John Deere side with Sloan's. I mean, mm-hmm. they've they've swallowed up. Yeah, they got know. 22, 23 stores, whatever it is now. Yeah, and then if you throw AHW. Yeah, that takes that care takes I mean, care of the whole northern half of Illinois between and Martin. Yeah. Has what's left there, and that's the whole from here north. Yeah, and then you got Alliance Tracker at Mattoon. It's got three stores. You yeah. one in Indiana, and then two in Illinois, or whatever it is. But yeah, yeah. It's it's really changed. They're just they've all went. I don't know. Went, went, went big. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I don't know. That's necessarily good for the farmer, but what are you going to do? Or the grower, because we're not allowed to call them farmers anymore. Well, now they're growers. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of makes them sound like they're growing pot, but whatever. <laughs> yeah whatever we're not farmers anymore we're growers here you can get your uh, high capacity harvesting tony naturally with an n7 gleaner oh yeah i'm sure here it shows how the grain gets through there it goes around the back door comes in here sideways turns a circle 
takes a left, makes a right, jumps up and down three times, does the hokey pokey, and shoots out the back left corner. Nice. All easily viewable in your rearview mirror through your blue glass. <laughs> yeah, that would be just about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to get one. N7 with a 12-row head. Oh, you. yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Which that. Which they sold approximately zero of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Here's Lasso Herbicide. I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah. Lowers Band 15G. That's what Tony and I were talking earlier. Every ad in, the, in these old prairie farmers has a uh, tractor with saddle tanks. Yeah. And, you know, I, can, I think back, and it's like everybody had, like, two barrels set in their shed, some atrazine, some something laying around, some lasso, whatever it was. They put it on with the fuel cultivator. They had saddle tanks, you know. Just the fact that we got rid of saddle tanks drastically cleaned <laughs> up the environment. I don't guarantee you. Yeah, I mean, you think back then, a lot of tractors didn't have cabs. So you're set in the middle of that yeah. fog. You know, it's no wonder the cancer's so rampant yeah. to a certain degree on that, you know. I know how farmers are now. Let alone back then when you got done, you just washed her out in the driveway. Yep, move on. I'm sure it's right next to the well, but uh, we don't care. Uh, no bugs around here. Yeah. That's one thing you don't see much of anymore is saddle tanks, which actually they, they have made a half-ass comeback. Come back with starter fertilizer. Starter fertilizer, and, but yeah. as far as spraying or any kind of chemical, why? You don't see a lot of guys incorporating their chemical with the field cultivator, yep. you know, via the tractor. Yeah. The old like, axle flow guy here, the only downtime he had was when he stopped to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got hungry. He got hungry. Yep. Pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. It's Times have changed a lot on that stuff, you know, and some for the better, some for the worse, you know. We look back nostalgically now, and it's like, hmm. Kind of wish I'd enjoyed those times more, or been a, more yeah. of a part of some of that back then. You know, been a little bit older when some of that was going on, but yeah. it was definitely more manual labor back then. But yeah. but less risk, and well, I say less risk, but interest was fifteen percent, so that sounds risky. But uh, truthfully, the seventies would have been the better time to farm. Yeah, you know, for good, sure, good commodity prices, interest hadn't took off yet. Mm-hmm. And then along come Jimmy Carter. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Jimmy. It's, I don't know, that's pretty neat. Like, here, look at this old milking parlor, which would have been yeah. state-of-the-art. State-of-the-art. Could probably do, like, three cows a day. Yeah. Have you noticed, too, though, how all these competitors, they actually go after the competition? Yeah. You know, nowadays, if you open a new magazine, it's just, a, oh, the new John Deere tractor, and it's yeah. fuel efficient. You know, it doesn't say a word about competitors, nothing. No. Well, it's too PC for that, Tony. We yeah. Can't. We can't single anybody out. Yeah. Back yeah. then, you know, it was like, yeah, that John Deere I had was a piece of shit. That's why I went red, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No doubt. It, uh, it is funny how, you know, you see these wagons or whatnot. It's like, I don't even know anybody that ever owned a wagon that looked like that, 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 or that one. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, those aren't wagons. I don't know what part of the world those got sold, but it wasn't here. Yeah. You know? we're, we're actually thinking about... In the back here, it's got the classifieds with people selling stuff. And we're thinking about calling this one number and seeing if it's still available. It's, what, 3,500 acres in northern Illinois? Yeah. For 1,300 yeah. bucks an acre, I think it was. No, 850 for the one. Oh, 800, yeah. Giant chunks, 3,100 tillable, $850 an acre. Yeah. I think it came with two houses, a couple of those monster machine sheds. Yeah. Probably throw you in a free gleaner if you were there on time. If I knew how to do all this 
technology here on this podcast, we would actually just call that number right here live yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, there see we if go. the land is still available, but uh, yeah. odds, odds are they've probably they probably got rid of it by now. Yeah. If not, we're in the market. If you've got thirty five hundred acres in northern Illinois for eight hundred and fifty dollars an acre. Yeah, let us know. We're your buyer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We we're not gonna come look, we'll just take it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Silo best. Yeah. It's, it's neat too because of you know, there ain't much livestock stuff in these new magazines because no, that's such a not that many that's such a niche market now to a yeah, certain degree. I mean here every other page is you know, feed Something this to your hogs Yeah. Don't feed this to your cattle. One of the ads ads I found it wasn't humorous but kinda of funny, you know, it was like the first grain loss monitor. Yeah. Dickie John, you didn't get that with the combine. You were gonna buy that separate. If you if you really cared about your grain loss, yeah. you're gonna buy that separate. And it's pretty primitive. It's most almost like having two birds that fly back up and, and you know, in front of the cab and circle uh-huh. twice if you're losing something. It's probably like the old John Deere plant monitors. The lights either on or off, on or you know, off. whether whether that means good or bad, you know, that's Oh, the old flashy lights. Once you get to used to those, you younger guys don't know what we're talking about, but planter monitors used to just be flashing lights. Yep. And you get to reading those, you know, you watch those long enough, you can tell, hey, box number seven is getting low on C. Yep, it's getting ready. It's starting to flicker. Yeah. Yep. Now, Cyclo guys, you didn't have that problem because you had bulk fill 20 years before the rest of these guys. But uh, some of them didn't have that luxury. (laughs) The old Cyclo planters. Dad had one of them. Had 90% of the market at one time. Did they really? I think. It was in the 90s. No kidding. Everybody had a Cyclo at one time. Yeah. I tell you, you don't see many IH planters in this area. There's a few, but I mean, you know, that's either John Deere or Kinsey for the most part around here. Yeah. Buddy and I were talking about this today. He's like, he's looking in the market for a, an older white planter, and he can't find one. There's none on the market, so on and so forth. He's like, Nick, I have found no less than 40 used Kinsey planters. Same time frame I'm looking for in a white. Apparently, they're worth $20-some-thousand dollars. He's like, my white's not worth that, even though it's nicer than these Kinsey's I'm finding. He's like, apparently everybody bought a Kinsey, traded it off, bought another one, traded it off, bought another one, traded it off. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I, yeah, there must be more of them out there than, than you give them credit for, you know. But yeah. uh, I myself could not go back to finger pickup after having back. I I I, I know yeah. I know they work good. I know they're they're an accurate planner. I'm not knocking that, but I I don't like they're so sensitive to seed size. You know, having to rebuild the meters, you know, every about every year if you're running a sizable amount of acreage through them. I mean, yeah, I'm not a finger pickup guy because I grew up red and and we didn't have that. And then we had monosms for a long time, which is super accurate and don't have to screw up with any of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't go back to that. Now I I will tell you, I think why Kinsey sells a ton of planters now. I mean, they're a quality product and they're a great company. Yeah, but they sell a ton of stuff now because their planters don't require trading tractors to pull one yeah. so you have to have to have a bunch of hydraulics yep and they're super you know newer planters of other brands are super complicated where kinsey's kind of stayed the course and it's like oh there's a and there's a market for that obviously because deers try to come out with a retro planner yeah to try to hone in on that market because they realize some of these guys aren't changing yeah they're still going to buy their kinsey and we got to get in on that yeah. you know and you can't tell me deer didn't do that shit on purpose i mean it is oh, ridiculous they come out they come out with planters that took a lot of hydraulics for the sole purpose of selling a tractor they yeah. can give two shits about the planter yeah. if we sell you a planter it takes a lot of hydraulics we'll sell you a tractor too yeah and there was a lot of that that went on there's a lot, a of, lot, of, a lot of that, of that. Yeah. 
But no, Kinsey's are good platters, and it's a great yeah. company. I've, I've read John's book. I mean, mm -hmm. phenomenal the way he got started. I mean, it's, great guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I that would be my next choice behind. You know, we run a deer planter just because I like the center fill, the vac, all that shit like that. But I would have no issue at all running a Kinsey planter. Yeah. Kinsey's got a lot of good products, and they're, they're a quality company. Yeah, well-built. I mean, they don't yeah. chance on nothing. And, and I never realized till reading his book, he, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd speak out of turn here. He Would you say he almost invented the grain cart to some, I mean, he basically put an auger on a, on if, a cart. If you've got to give credit to one man, he's probably your man. Yeah, that's you the way know. I would put it. I mean, I can't. Can't say that somebody else didn't do it somewhere or have the idea or whatever. I mean, but he definitely is the one who brought it to fruition. I mean, yeah, and, for sure. And done a good job of it. I mean, and, and yeah, still sells a ton of them today. So, yeah. yeah, must be doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect the guy because I mean, he literally come from. I mean, he's a self-made man. I'm not gonna say yeah. he come from nothing like he was dirt poor, you know, or whatever. But I mean, he was just a regular average Joe. I mean, yeah, and fought the big big dog and won and yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for that guy. A lot of cool stuff. I mean, he built a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily stuff he even knew he was going to sell. But some of those conversions were super cool. Yeah. That, what's uh, that one big tractor that he made? That came? Is he called Big Blue or, you know, or whatever it is? Yeah. I mean, you know, just just the engineering on that alone is cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's nothing you could ever practically put into production. But I mean, it was neat for yeah. a homemade tractor. I mean, exactly. He's got a awesome tractor collection right now. I think. From yeah. what I'm told. I, I had a chance to go see it, but I had something going on that weekend. I couldn't an actual private tour with John, but I didn't have time to go. Yeah, because that whole thing was kind of private. I mean, you just yeah, can't go you see. Yeah, just can't go see his private collection now. Right, but I mean, he's got a little something to everything. I think. Yeah, I, to, I'm. I've been told it's to the tune of a few hundred tractors. Yeah, I, mean, I believe so. Yeah, it's a bunch. And it seems like now he's always. Scouting out the really, it, it, don't, it don't necessarily have to be rare, you know, but it, it'll be a 4440 with 50 hours that he found in the back yeah. of the sheds, of, you know, and a lot of cool stuff like that. Which there's plenty of those for sale in these old magazines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know when we was up there at the factory a couple of years ago, uh, he had one of them there, the 4440 with like, I don't remember what it was, 50 or 100 hours on it sitting in there. And uh, it, it's neat. To actually see one of them completely all original that looks brand new, you yeah. ain't been repainted. You know the cab is just pristine. I mean, it's yeah. it's pretty neat to actually see that stuff. It is neat to see those. They're like time capsules. They you are, know? yeah. Because you can see a redone one, you can see a nice original one, but they're not the same as yeah one that really never yeah. left. Yeah, you know. And then you realize, yeah. Really, not that much nicer than the rest of them. Some of the shit's <laughs> in the wrong pretty, spot, and I don't know how who put it there. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think city people think of farmers? Like when you say, "Man, that's a nice tractor there," but then you can go to the dealership and there's 15 others that are completely identical to it. I mean, not one difference in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think they care. I don't think they know what we're doing. I think the whole thing confuses them, and they don't care. Yeah, I, I do always get a chuckle about that. You know, you, you know, like we could take some random random guy that knows a little bit about farming, but not that much, and drive him through Sloan's lot. You know, where they got forty tractors that, like I said, are virtually identical. The one he picks out is probably not the one that you and I are picking out. But yep. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. That that is cool though, where where we're positioned at with Sloan implement and Assumption. I mean, the last time I was up there, a few months ago, 
and I, I'm not exaggerating, they had every bit of 50 combines up yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. And the vast majority of them were brand new from mm-hmm. the factory. I mean, they had some used. But, I mean, you know, it's just several acres of just yeah. machinery on top of machinery. Then you got Barker implement that's the same way. Just yeah. Machinery everywhere, yeah. and it's it's neat. You know, there's a lot of people that'll come through here, not from this area. They're like, "Holy cow!" You know, wish we had something like this at home. You know, yeah. it's neat to just drive through and look at the stuff. Okay. Yeah, we are very fortunate in that regard, and we're kind of in Berkey, in the middle of Berkey's territory as well, and they got a lot of stuff, and yeah. you know, between all their stores and whatever. And it, yeah, we are a unique spot that way. If I mean, if you go to Sloan's in Assumption in July or August, it's very common to see. 25 to 50 24 row planters you know just all back i mean everybody yeah. that's returned just, them just lined up just lined up as far as you can see and then right across the aisle is combines and heads as far as you can see it's i think brian adams has posted a video or two of this but if, if you ever get the chance if you're in ohio go to holy holgate ohio oh to randall brothers. To randall brothers that is something to see yeah that's i got a kick out of his tiktok i mean that i mean that just, is equipment as far as the eye can see yeah and then I mean, that's just a everywhere. few brothers ain't it that are farmers that that do that, I think. I don't know how the organization set up, but yeah, they're not a franchise dealership. They yeah, just it's a little bit just, of everything. Just you, I've been in there a few times. Um, we've been treated well. Yeah, um, it, it's a neat place to see. Yeah, it sure looked like it because he he. Of course, it always looks different on a cell phone, but he panned down that one row, and I mean, it literally was as far as you could see yeah. down that row of combines and yeah. just whatever. Yeah, That's, anything you want sitting there. Yeah, I don't know if they used to be a case dealer. I'm not sure about that, but I know there's a giant, you know, those old uh, Abe, the Eagle on the globe. Oh, yeah. The old yeah. case monuments or whatever. Mm-hmm. They've got one or two of those sitting out front. No kidding. Yeah, or at least they did, did when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they just picked those up or if they used to be a case dealer. I, I didn't ask. Wow. But. And that's what always makes me think, too. I'm not picking on Randall Brothers or, or any of these guys. But, you know, when you're an independent like that, I mean, think of the capital that that, that takes. I mean... That that picture he showed with Randalls there, they must have had sixty combines. Now, granted, none of them was new; it was all used stuff, but big deal. I mean, that's just that's just lowball and say every combine there averaged one hundred and twenty thousand bucks, and you got sixty of them. That's a, just combine. It takes a lot of capital I mean, for sure. That's insane. But now, when I was there, I mean, that guy literally hardly had time to talk to us. For I'm talking, I mean, he he was super nice, great guy. Can't think of his name off the top of my head. Super nice to me. But they sold stuff. His phone was ringing. Yeah. I mean, he probably missed five phone calls in the time it took him to say hi, bye, and and sign. You know, it was he was a busy dude. Yeah. They were moving stuff left and right. Now that I I couldn't handle that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that what the phone ringing like that would just I I couldn't do that. That takes a special person to. Yeah, is that it does to go through that and and that's what's kind of cool nowadays you know when we were kids you didn't have people like that that had, no. you know, that had but, nice machinery you know. you know the internet has changed so much of that oh you yeah. know when we were kids growing up if you wanted xyz piece of equipment red green blue purple pink it didn't matter you might drive if you were really bored you might drive a 30 mile circle maybe now you get tractor house fast line whatever you know when i was a kid i couldn't wait for the fast line magazine. Oh, I was the same way. You know. Yep, once a month. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're just you're scoping through that fast line. You're reading every ad in there. You know, whatever. And the, like the front page was color. Yeah. And that was something. Yeah. And then it's like they get a few more pages of color. Yeah. You know now, treasure houses UPS send them to your door. 
that thing's you know nicer than a Playboy. Yeah, it, it is. You know, it's just a perfect little magazine. And it's basically killed Fastline. We got a Fastline here a few weeks ago, and it's it's virtually nothing in it now. I mean, the, the publication's not. The print copy is is not what Trattrail says. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's like, you know, but now I read the magazines for fun. I don't ever look for something in the magazine because it's too yeah. old. Yeah. It's a week old. Yeah, it's, it's probably gone. gone. Yep. If I want something, I can go to the internet to find it on there, yeah. you know, and then move on. Yeah. And if you're a dealer, I don't care if you're in in Fastline Tractor House wherever, and you got a tractor in there and you put underneath it "Call for Price," I immediately fucking cringe and think I'm never dealing with them people. That why would you put that? Well, Tony, I'm going to tell you. It can go both ways. Some of the best deals I've ever got were call for price. Really? Some of the stuff I've called on was so astronomically high that it's like, well, no wonder they had call for price. But some of the best deals I ever got were call for, call for price. But why wouldn't they put the, I guess, I mean, I know they're wanting to weed out people that are just tire kickers, but. Yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons. Um, some of it is like, okay, let's say you put this tractor on there for X number of dollars, right? And then Joe Farmer calls, and he wants to trade you in three pieces of crap. And you got to show him something for him, but he's literally trading you turds. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you kind of want to know that going in before you tell him the price, possibly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think they're just in such a hurry because the cutoff for that is pretty far in advance yeah. for when it goes to print. So it's in the shop. You don't know if you're putting... Cab mounts on it, tires on it. Makes sense. We just new interior. We don't. We don't. We got it in. We know it's coming, or we've got it here, but we haven't ran it fully through the shop. We don't know what we're going to have in it, so we're going to list it, and next month we'll switch it and we'll put a price on it. Mm -hmm. But we're going to go ahead and get it out there now because time is money. We're going to get it out there on the web now and in the in the magazine. So it only takes one guy to call, right? Yeah. So that's why he needs one guy to call on it. He might be your buyer. So I think they sometimes are. Just, I think most of the time they're just throwing it out there till they get it ran through the shop because you got these big dealers, or whatever. They're, I mean, they're taking in a lot of equipment on a daily sure. basis, and they don't have time to run it all through the shop the same day. So they're just getting it out there, and then they're worrying about it later. And you might be the buyer in the meantime. Yeah, makes sense. You know, but it just pisses me. Oh, I I understand. I understand. But it could be worse. It could be like car dealerships. You're like, hey, what do you want for that truck? Oh, yeah. $315 a month. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wonder what you want for it. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. What do you mean you have no idea? Well, we just got it in. But you know you want $315 a month for it, but you have no idea what you want for it. Yeah. That infuriates me. Yeah. And then oh, I got to go talk to the manager. Yeah. God damn it. I'm dealing with you. Yeah, <laughs> How just, about you just bring him out? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that is frustrating. Yeah. I, I hate dealing vehicles. I just... At least, generally, with farm machinery, if it's in a franchise dealer, whether it's Deer, Case H, whatever, for the most part, thanks to the internet, usually the price they got on that is the price that they're going to, you know, there ain't yeah. much wiggle room. I'm not saying the guy wouldn't knock 500 bucks off if you whine enough, but it's no, we got, we got 20000 on the hell, we take fifteen. You know, the internet's about killed that. Yeah, the, the internet, yeah, the internet's kind of set the mark on some of that, yeah. But you sure. go down to Effingham to a car dealership, it's still... Free game. Yeah, no, the, stuff, the yeah. car thing now has switched to some, I can't think of the name of the pricing. We've got some term for it now. And so there's this national database, and basically they don't budge anymore. It is is what it is. If they're, if they're a dealership that sells off of this weird pricing scheme, 
That is what it is, and that's what it is. That's why you see these weird prices. Like, we want $29,136 for this. Yeah. Really, you couldn't round that up or down? Yeah. Nope. Uh, they, that, they've got it honed in on this dollar. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and that shows you how much Wheeling and Neil and I do at there, Ship, There's some sort of, I can't think of the term, um, hmm. algorithm no in the kidding. software, whatever, figures all that out based on the options, the mileage, whatever, and that price is what the price is, and that's what they ask. I'll be doing you know. I think. Well, I don't me, I'm not in the car dealer business. We went down to GMC today looking at new vehicles, which are basically non-existent. They basically tell you, for the most part, just order it for 2022 because mm-hmm. you're not going to get it for 2021. So, and I guess one of the major hangups, which I've been hearing this from Kevin Van Trump's marketing deals, is there's the, the chips to put in the car is yeah. one of the big holdups. Yeah, that's a big and, deal right now. And, of course, you know, COVID with people not working and back and forth, and, you know, it's got the whole supply chain messed up on other stuff. For sure. And yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, not the year to be buying vehicles, I guess. They yeah. had uh, four four trucks on their lot is what they had. Yeah, four new trucks. They were yeah. all half done, you know, nothing, yeah. that, nothing that a farmer's really going to want, but... No, I will have to say in the ag industry that I've never run into a whole lot of trouble on non-honest situations. Yeah, I haven't either, knock on wood. In the semi world, I wouldn't buy anything over the phone. Not knocking you semi guys, but get your shit straight. Yeah. I've got, you know, we've looked at several of those over the years. What it was, what it was supposed to be were two drastically different things. In the ag world, Pretty trustworthy. Never yeah. really had much trouble with them. Yeah. Seems like farm machinery moves south, trucks move north, don't they, for the most part? Or used to. I mean, maybe that's changed with the Internet now. But I don't know. I would say that, from my experience, that ag industry is the top in the honesty world. Car dealers are in the middle, and trucking stuff's at the bottom. Yeah. If a truck dealer tells you it's, you know, this, that, and the other, when you get there, it ain't going to be shit. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be close to what it was. Car dealer hit and miss, bag stuff is usually pretty spot on. Yeah. Well, I know all the years growing up, it was like the standard written rule for where we're at. You don't buy machinery out of the South. I mean, mm-hmm. never. Which, that maybe that's changed now. You know, because some of them crops that, that, That's changed some, you know. but still somewhat that way. You know, you get to the South, they use them more. The sun's harder on them. Sheds are less. Rice or these other crops that... Margins are smaller. Hours are more. You know, you go north of us, livestock, they've eaten it, but they don't have any of it. You know, which, let's face it, there's never been a nice dairy farm, hog farm tractor in the world after, you know, a couple of days. And that's just nature of the beast because they're using them. You know, I'm not knocking those guys. No. You're not going to keep a really nice tractor on a dairy farm. You're yep. using it every day, twice a day. Yep. Yeah. The average northern Illinois grain farmer is using his for two weeks in the spring, four weeks in the fall, and yep. and that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Hired man's waxing it three times in between, and, and life moves on. Yeah. But it, some of that's changed over the years. It's still a little bit that way, but not near as bad as it used to be. I, is it still like it was, you know, used to be? It was like this was the only spot in the world that had machine sheds. I mean, you got within 100 miles of any direction here. Nobody had sheds that all just set outside. It, it does make you wonder. I always get a chuckle out of that in the south. I'm not knocking you guys in the south, but I, every time I'm through there, I'm like, you guys realize, like, the sun shines a lot down here. 
but you don't have any sheds or they have the quintessential roof and four poles. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the sides were just too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't understand that. It's like, uh, oh, we kind of built this lean-to, but it's not even really a lean-to. It's more of a shade. Around here, if you had a roof, no sides, it's going to be bird shit haven all mm-hmm. over everything under that roof to the 10th power. It's almost worse than having it setting out. It is, yeah. yeah. At least if it sets out, the bird shits off, the rain washes it off. The rain washes it off, yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. And I guess I ain't been south enough in a car. We've always been flying you know, to know if the machine shed situation has changed or not. <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe they're using them all the time. There's no reason to park them in the shed. I, it's a different world. And like I said, I know they do use them way more down there and, sure. and, and different things. I think it's more hired help on some regards and, and bigger operations. And I don't think the margins are as good on some of that stuff, you know, so that plays into it, you know. Any tractor you see in the South always has more hours than... Yeah. You know, you don't find this rare barn find 8940 Magnum that's got, you know, 2,000 hours on it in yeah. southern Louisiana. Yeah. Not knocking you guys in southern Louisiana. I know somebody's going to send me a screenshot of one that's got 1,500. Yeah. Like, oh, my neighbor bought one. He parked it. You know, I'm sure there's one down there, but, yeah. you know, it's a different deal. Yeah. It and it's just like if, if you get going through Tractor House and them magazines, You'll see a tractor in California that's literally two years old with yeah. 3,000 hours on it, but they use the son of a bitch every, every day. day, you know? Yeah. Around here, it sets way more than it gets used. Well, that's a guy just asked me tonight, actually. He's like, well, how often do you change your oil? I'm like, well, once a year, usually. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yeah, we've been trying to extend ours out, you know? I'm like, none of our stuff gets more than 100 hours, usually. Right. So I change it once a year because it, you know, it's set and draws moisture, or whatever. And I run super good oil, I run Amsoil and everything for the most part, which is about as good as it gets. Amsoil or Schaefer's, either one. And uh, but it's set and it's, you know it's drawing moisture, or whatever. We just don't put that many hours on stuff. We got enough tractors, and maybe my four wheel drive gets close to that. But I just can't bring myself to not change it once a year. Yeah, that's how we are. We put. I think the. Well, in fact, when I changed the oil here a couple weeks ago, I think the. Most we put on one was 195 hours on the one, which it's a tillage tractor and a grain cart tractor. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of them yeah. come from the grain cart. Yeah, which is idle time. Yeah. Part of, part of the time. Yeah. Because yeah. we had a guy stop by wanting to sell us synthetic oil. And, oh, you can go to 500 hours and this and that. It's like, well, you know, yeah. I'm not going to wait three years to change my oil. We're, we're like you said, you know, we're changing it every year and that's it. it I mean, I run good synthetic, and I still can't bring myself to. I'll do it on other stuff, but I won't do it on that. It's just from a time standpoint. Yeah. Now, do you, you know, guys run synthetic in all your stuff? Yeah. Do you? We've been Amsoil since 1976. No. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. And we sell a lot of Schaefer's too. I run Schaefer's in a few things. Depends on what it is. Um, run Schaefer's fuel additive and everything. Um, I have great luck with both companies. Both super good to deal with. Both good products. Um, it just kind of depends on on what it is, on which one I choose for a given piece of equipment. But yeah, yeah, we've always just ran the standard John Deere oil. We've never really strayed from it. You know, I, I know somebody's going to always have to bitch. You no, know, Shell Rotel is better, or this that. Yeah, I mean, we've always just ran the the John Deere High Guard. I wouldn't run Rotel on a bicycle chain, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know much about different oils. You know, the dirtiest things. engines I'll ever take apart always have Rotel in them. Is that right? But they got great marketing, and it's available anywhere. And 
Some guys love it. I can tell you on particularly a Ford Power Stroke, if you're running Rotella, good luck. No kidding. Yeah. All Especially people. like a six or a seven three or a six zero. Yeah, you're you're going to be disappointed. Really. Yeah, because the way their injection system works is basically like hold the tractor on high pressure all the time on the hydraulics, and it won't. If you change it religiously at three thousand miles, you'll probably be fine. But a lot of guys don't. They bump four, five, six thousand miles. It won't take that. No kidding. The, the newer synthetic version, or whatever they got now, is better than before. But yeah, those engines are always dirty. They always have issues. I'll yeah. be damned. I didn't know that. Some engines are harder on oil than others, but. 7.360 Power Stroker are particularly hard on oil. Yeah. Can't have anything that foams. Can't have anything that causes you grief. Buy good oil for them and go on. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never been around like games, oil or shapers or any of that stuff. Just for the simple fact, we've just never, never bought it, I guess. Both good products. Like I said, you can run, I mean, it depends on your application, but you can do super extended drain intervals on both of those. I just don't put that many hours on stuff. Yeah. So. Well, like I say, you're not going to wait five years to no. change. But if you want to run 25,000 miles on your pickup truck and change oil, you're good. No, it'll, it'll do it. Yeah. I need to hook my brother up. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a brother that went 57,000 miles and never changed oil. That was just on Quaker State. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> that, that was just to prove that he could. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I pity the poor guy that ended up with that truck. Yes. Hey, only took her to church on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Only driven on Sundays. One owner. <laughs> low tr- miles. That truck was fucking demolished. <laughs> yeah. There's vehicles come back from Vietnam in better shape than that one, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, it, it all depends on what you're doing. You know, semis, you can run long drain intervals, etc. Um, I just don't put that many miles or hours on anything, you know. Yeah. I know all the years driving a truck, whether it's through equity or when I was working for Hennings, whatever, it was always about 10,000 on semis, mm-hmm. you know, short tripping like we did where it wasn't an over-the-road truck. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I will say, like, Shaver's hydraulic oil is awesome. I mean, it's phenomenal. Is that right? It's got hose conditioner in it, which definitely helps in the life of the hose. And I'm not doing a commercial for these guys. I'm just telling you what I know. Um, you got stop leak stuff built into it. Like, if you got an old combine, the hydro's a little, meh, it's not out, but it's not as good as it was, because the combine's 30 years old, right? Mm-hmm. It'll knock 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 degrees out of the hydro, and it still works pretty good at the end of the day, where normally, you know, if you just got some random cheap crap oil in it, eh, it's pretty weak by the end of the day, barely go up a hill, got to shift down, whatever, it'll still be pretty strong at the end of the day. Exactly. makes a big difference. I'll be doing. Worth the investment. Yeah. So, uh, and then you'll blow a hose and blow it out on the ground and have to <laughs> have to start over. But it, it's worth the investment. <laughs> now, is that the same kind of oil you guys run a pulling tractor stuff like that, or is that um, totally different? As I mean, that might be a different aspect for all. Um, so that's a different deal. Okay. Um, the pulling tractor we run all AMS oil in the uh, in the engine, and we run their performance line of oils called Dominator. Yep. We run all fifteen fifty Dominator in that. Now, yeah. do you change your oil on that after every pull? Every five. Every five? Five at the most, four okay. to five. And that's only because we dilute it so bad. So it's diluted with water and diesel fuel. Terrible. So you could go longer than that. And I, I started to rig up a filtration system on that to mm-hmm. get the water out of it and filter the diesel fuel out of it and whatnot. Because we burn roughly two to two and a half gallon of water in a pass 
and roughly two to two and a half gallon of diesel fuel in a pass, not all that goes out, some of that goes in. Mm-hmm. So it gets diluted down pretty quick. So we just change it every four or five passes and I move know. on. But, yeah, I didn't know how long yeah. you guys run on that. You know, back in the old farm stock days, we'd run half a season or all year, just depending on the day, yeah. on the year and how many pulls there was or whatever. But uh, yeah, we were in all AMSOL on that stuff. On a, like on a pro stock tractor like you guys pull, is is there a set deal too like on the motor that's like, okay, we've got real lucky, we've made 12 passes on this, we better tear this thing apart, check it out, or is it just, just run her until she pukes? I mean... Um, it depends on several factors. So it depends on who you are and, and what's coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, so like... You know, if Louisville's coming up, like you want your A game on because it's Louisville, but by the same token, you don't want to take new stuff to Louisville because firing it up, ramming the shit out of it in the cold weather and then shutting it back off isn't great on it either. So you want something that's like kind not of, new, but not old. Kind of broke in. You want to freshen it up like five pulls before the end of the year. Gotcha. You know, so you're just right there where it's still pretty good, but mm-hmm. you didn't wreck all your good shit in the cold. Makes if sense. that makes sense. Um, kind of like firing your truck up on a really cold day. Mm-hmm. You just don't hop in it and rod the shit out of it, you know? Unless it's a John Deere pattern, <laughs> then it just goes... Then it, yeah, it does it on its own because it's built right into the system. <laughs> they figure if you're lucky enough to get it started, you might as well get the enjoyment of seeing it rev up one time before it shits the bed. Um, <laughs> you know, some guys have different programs on that, you know. Some guys change that stuff out pretty religiously. Some guys run it till it dies. Most guys are in the middle. Like, they'll run it as long as they can, but they know, hey, it's winter. Now we have time to freshen it up, so let's let's freshen it up and fix it up. Even though it was probably okay, mm-hmm. it's not going to make it through an entire nether season, so we'll freshen it up now, move on. Yeah. I so, wasn't sure how that worked. I didn't know if it's one of them deals like, hey, we got lucky, we better take it apart before she scatters. No, uh, you know, there's a life cycle to everything. So some guys are, like I said, pretty religious about, okay, this block's two years old, move it on. Crank's two years old, move it on. Some guys are, yeah, crop wasn't very good this year. We're just going to run it until it goes, yeah. you know. It, it just depends on your situation and can, what's going can on. Can you see up. some things maybe coming by all the computer stuff you can watch on that tractor? It's like, eh, you know. Yeah, so we've got full data acquisition on it, so. You know, all your exhaust temps, pressures, et cetera, is all monitored every pass. So you can see all that and tune it accordingly off of that. Um, you know, you can oil sample just like you can on anything to kind of see, hey, we're getting a little of this. We should we should look into that. So we have inspectable filters. Instead of just grabbing an oil filter, spinning it off, and throwing it in trash, it's got a screen in the top of it. And you can see, hey, last pass, I didn't have anything. This pass, I got three little... F- Little flakes of brass. Better be looking for something. Mm-hmm. Make another pass. Okay, I got six flakes. Something's going down. Better tear it apart. Mm-hmm. Which, you can buy those same kind of filters for production stuff, but nobody does. Um, yeah, I've never heard of them. System One is the main company on that. And then the filter base we've got, it's got a, you know, it's about the size of a cell phone, a little screen on the top of it that you can inspect really easy. Clear view filtration's got another one that, that is super, super nice. And you can see all that on there or whatever. 
So that helps with all that. You know, you can tell if something's starting to wear, starting to go. And you, I mean, you just never know. Some things you know, okay, you know, in, in 25 passes, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Other things you're like, no, oh, this should last 50 passes. I'm 10 passes in. It's going to shit already. You just never know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because, I mean, you could put a new motor in it, make two passes, and scatter. When you're building 4,000, 4,500 horse, have an engine designed for 140. Yeah. Some Something's going to go wrong. <laughs> It just yeah, does. that's pushing uh, to <laughs> a whole new it level just does. there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, maybe I've asked you this before. So, like the block on your tractor, that's out of a whether it's a ten sixty six or four. So it's or based something. on a ten sixty six block. It's been a few years ago we switched to a Hypermax block, um, which is a replica, basically of the four sixty six block, only made out of better material, thicker in a couple places. Um, prior to that, we would have just ran a motor out of your random 5288 right yeah. school bus gump garbage truck whatever um now we have an aftermarket block i guess does do these sanction polls do those rural committees have to sign off that it, that the hypermax block yeah is, yeah is acceptable yeah. i mean you can't just so yeah more or less basically i mean it has to be the, the stock crank has to swing in it um technically the hypermax block I think if you went to your Case IH dealership, you could get that block through them, kind of sort of roundabout to put into your 1066 farm tractor today. Because you can't buy one from International, that would be the one you would get. It has a part number, you can get it. Um, But yeah, it it swings all the stock. Everything stock would bolt onto that. Now, since uh, since you guys have been in Poland for years, Let's say a guy like me, a nobody that nobody in that circuit knows, nothing like that. If I say, hey, I want to start pulling, go through whatever kind of licensing you got to do, is somebody going to come out and inspect my tractor? No. Or, or is it you, just kind You'll of, go to the first pull and they'll take inspect it there. And then is, is it a real, like, in-depth inspection or is it just kind of... It depends of, on where you're at. I mean, if you're new to the deal, it'll probably be a little more thorough than if I show up. Not that I'm anybody, but I've been there for 27 right, years. Yeah. So they've seen my tractor before. You show up with a new one, they'll look at it a little more intensely, maybe. What, what are they looking at when they... Um, so safety stuff is number one. Mm-hmm. They're going to make sure you get all your safety stuff. Um, number two, depending on the event, they may or may not measure it, like length, width, height, whatever. Um, mostly safety. Safety's yeah. going to be the number one thing. If you pass all the safety stuff and you're all A-OK on that, you're probably good on everything else. So they don't, per se, have somebody that's kind of in the know mechanic, like under the hood, like kind of nosing around saying, you know, this or that it's not, for the most part. Yeah, the guys are knowledgeable. They are. Um, and they'll stick their head in there. They'll look at this, that, and the other. But it's not like a... It's not like a NASCAR teardown. Sure. You know, there's not templates. They're not holding them over this, that, and the other. As long as you, it looks like it's supposed to look and it meets, you know, your generic requirements, you're good. I suppose if a new guy like me showed up and was just kicking the shit out of everybody. Then they might look at you a little closer, but even then, tractor pulling is a little unique. And if you really want the rules enforced, you have to pay to have it done. Right. Which is just dumber than shit. Yeah. If I really want, if you if you come in new as a newbie and you're just kicking my behind, if I really want them to look at your tractor and I know it's illegal, I gotta put the money up to have them inspect you, which is just ludicrous to me. But <laughs> yeah. in any other sport, they're looking at you regardless. In my sport, 
I got to pay to have that done, which is dumb. Yeah. But let's face it, it's a farmer sport, and a lot of shit we do is fun. It's dumb. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is, I guess. That's but. probably where way back in the day, two farmers got into it. They're both so tight. You know the way you go, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You want me to take my head off, it's going to cost you a thousand bucks. Now, coincidentally, that number has never changed. As long as I could have been alive, it's been like a thousand bucks. Either 500 or a thousand, depending on what you want done. That exactly. number has never changed. No kidding. <laughs> I'm not taking a head off for a thousand dollars. You know, yeah, if I could all load up and go yeah. home. Right? I'm going home. I'm gonna grab a case of beer on the way. When I get there, I'm gonna drink it. You know, I don't even care. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I didn't know how that worked. That's it's one sport. You know, I've I've been to several of them over the years, but you know, when you get into the technical stuff like what you guys are in, yeah, you know, that's kind of what the crowd don't see. You know, that's all behind the, the, the crowd scene. doesn't see. You know, the the thing about pulling, I suppose it's the way this way in a lot of sports. I I know it's this way in all motorsports. And even in livestock showing whatever, most of us could give two squats about the actual result of the event, right? right? It's all about the people for me. Like some of my best friends in the world are from that sport. Yeah. You know, I talk to them daily. And you hope that that whole clique of friends has enough integrity that... And for, the, and for the most part, they do. I mean, you'll, 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 you'll get outliers here and there that'll come in. But generally, those guys are like, I don't know how to describe it. They usually swoop in, they swoop out. They're not there very long. Yeah. You know, your your mainstay guys that have been there, you know, the guys I looked up to when I was a kid are still doing it now. Yeah. And they weren't cheating then, they're not cheating right. now. You know, by and large, it's a pretty honest sport. Yeah. Um, you know, you get some guys playing in the gray, but they usually get weeded out pretty quick. Yeah. Now, do you guys still have to weigh in mm-hmm. every pull? I figured you probably do. It, it depends. So, in Illinois, we certify. Um and they count your weights, and it just is what it is. You can go to every pole, and you're good. At your big, at your big poles, you weigh every pole. Yeah. Okay. Which, yeah, I guess makes sense if you're just counting weight. I well, mean, because you know, at your, so in Illinois, it's mostly the same, you know, same guys every week. Yeah. At your bigger poles, you know, I show up sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. You show up. Whoever shows up. Yeah. Because that's, that's a, kind of a, a national. Or I don't it's a, call it national. national. Yeah, national deal. You got a guy from Kansas. He didn't make it to New York this week. It'll be in yeah. Missouri next. Exactly. Week. You know, yeah. I, I've pulled everywhere from from here to Canada, from Iowa to New York, Pennsylvania. I mean, I'm, I've been further than I should have went. So you got to weigh those. You know. Yeah. Yep. Which looks to me like just from an from an outsider looking in. Sled technology has changed mm-hmm. quite a bit. I mean, sure looks Absolutely. like it to me. You know, when I was a kid, sleds were sleds, and it was a, it was a constant. It started off hard, and it was a constant drag, and it got worse. You know, in today's world, it's more of a, it's still a pull, but it's kind of a drag race. So, and, and ironically, this is where farming ties into tractor pulling, and it's kind of odd, you know. So. You got your BTO with a DB planner of some fashion. Well, ironically, the same guy that did the DB planner is the same guy that did the sled that I'm pulling, Von Bauer, mm-hmm. revolutionary in the sled world, basically owns all the sleds that are, you know, the mainstays of your national organizations. There's been several guys since then have knocked them off and, and, and done a very good job of it. You know, Bungard's got some nice sleds, Hager's, I mean, there's several good sleds out there. But Vaughn is probably the number one name in sleds. Juan Bauer, Bauer built manufacturing patent, or Peyton, Iowa. So now they're more of a downhill deal. 
and it's all about getting going and then they kind of top and you're done so they stop you in a pretty short distance you're not going to see in tractor pulling today what you used to see were the slow drag you kind of pick the front end up and you drug it for 30 foot under load in some of your smaller classes now it's go like hell it slams down and you're done you know yeah. which works really good in the big classes but you don't in your smaller like local stuff that you would see in the na world you know mm -hmm. some of your lower horsepower stuff you're going to see some of your more old school sleds in that because they need the constant load they need the older school sled because you're not going fast and yeah. some of those have mile per hour limits yeah. so what the hell's the point in slamming yeah. them down at the end which but for anybody listening stuff. locally i have not been to a local tractor pull since you put speed limits on it that's the dumbest fucking thing i don't watch antiques and i don't watch fucking speed limits if i want to watch a fucking 1066 or 1466 go eight mile an hour i'll go watch somebody farm with it that's the stupidest fucking thing if you guys can't figure that out and you're whining you know, whatever. That's fucking stupid. I'm just telling you right now. And I have not been to a fucking pole since, and I'm not going back. That's dumb. Whoever come up with that, you're a fucking idiot. Let people pull. <laughs> Seriously. That's fucking stupid. Oh, I, I, I understand why they do it. It doesn't mean I agree with it, but I understand why it happens. But I, I know what you're saying. That it, is it, fucking brutal, to, especially you watch a 1466 that he has to fucking go at half throttle three quarters away down the track and then pin it at the end and it's just whoever yeah. fucking spins out that's fucking stupid it uh it yeah i don't disagree it's it's very difficult to understand it and to the average tractor pulling fan it, tractor pulling in general is confusing right so you go to your local pole and joe schmo goes 310 foot and he wins right and then you go to my pole and 300 foot one mm-hmm well, I just saw Joe Smoke pull 310. He won his pull. He could pull farther than you. Now the rules are different. It's different. Well, the next pull you go to watch me, it's 350 foot. Yeah. And, you know, it used to always be, when I was a kid, 300 foot was 300 foot. Yeah. You go past that, you're pulling it off again. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so many different rules, regulations on that. It gets confusing. I can't even explain it. I mean, I'm there. Yeah. You know, I live it. Right. You know, it's it's right. it's different everywhere you go now on some of that. It is a, a cluster, and I know what you're saying. It, it it pains me to watch some of the mile an hour classes. It's like, nail the shit out of it. Oh, it spun out too quick. Yeah, shit. What am I getting? You know. So then your brother pulls it, and he nails it a little bit later than you, and it just. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you want to have one glass out. of that, that's yeah. fine. You know, whatever, that's fine. I just want the hot blower in that's my local pool, and I want to see them nail it from start to finish. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I can't stomach it. I have not been to a local pool in at least six years. Well, like my kids, I don't know that they've ever been to one. Well, I, yeah. take, I take that back. Me and Henry went to one in, well, it would have been 19, and it was the run what you brung. It was yeah. just an old junk class, you know, and Cushman wanted Henry to pull his 560 or whatever. Yeah. So we went that day. It was the first time my kid had ever been to a tractor pull. And I'm telling yeah. you right now, as long as we're running speed limits on half these classes, we ain't going back. We're not. That's stupid. I, I, I'm not going to argue against you on it. I'm, I'm not as adamant as you, as you on it because I understand why they're doing it, but I also, it frustrates me. But there, I could go on and on for days about the frustrations of me in, in the pulling world on, on how things are done on certain aspects of that. So, And the, the part that, that makes me so mad is when you hear certain people talk that's in the pulling click and pull tractors. And maybe this is everybody's way of justifying it, but it's always the one guy who's always getting his ass kicked. 
he gets mad for getting his ass kicked, so then he gets on the polling committee, and that's where we start changing the rules and making speed limits to make it more competitive. And it's like, well, you, you know, you just ruin it. So you've got that on the back side. On the front side of it, you've always got the guy that should be four classes bigger than he is, but he wants to be a big fish in a small pond, so he never moves up. Or we're going to change the rules to fit what I can afford, knowing that you can't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to move up a class. I know damn good and well if I change this rule that you can't buy that, and I can. Yeah. And that's my number one pet peeve with polling because it always goes that way. To me, at the end of the day, especially at these local polls, okay, you're going to win 75 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, tops, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you got this $30,000 tractor, whatever it is, pick your number. Yeah. And now we're going to be worried about nickels and dimes on my tractor. <laughs> yeah, they used to give you a bag of seed corn, but then seed corn got too hot, yeah. so they quit doing yeah. that. So if yeah. you really think this is a, a money-making gig, I'm sorry. Then, yeah, then it's, it's not. Number. Trust so. me, I can I can tell you it's not. It. Uh, it's funny to sit back over the years, and my dad has said this for eons, it always comes full circle. I've seen it come around and come around and come around. He's right. You know, it gets way out of control, and then somebody does something, and it comes back around. Then it gets way out of control, and it comes back around. And he's right. It always does, yeah. you know. But And to me, right now, we're in the... We're the, in the peak. Yeah. Yeah, we're at the peak of it again. It'll come back around. Somebody will change something, change a class, start a new class. And that's yeah. that's part of the the what's wrong with pulling is every time something happens, we start a new class. And there's this niche group of people that are going to do this over here instead of just controlling what they should have controlled to begin with. Yeah. I mean, to me, I would much rather go and watch the what they call around here the run what you brung class. Mm-hmm. That's literally farm tractors that you see guys farming with. I would rather watch them pull under a load, even yeah. though it's six yeah. miles an hour, than a 1466 island halfway down the track and gun at the end. Yeah. I, I just, I cannot stomach that. Yeah, you know, like I said, you know, Dad and I went up to the local brush pull here a couple years ago with our 1468s just because, and I wasn't planning on going. I wasn't supposed to be home that quick, but we came home from a trip a day early. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to run up there. I'll, I'll fire mine up, put a clevis on the hitch, run up there real quick. And it was fun, even though I got beat, which still burns me. Because <laughs> I know mine runs better than his. I know it does. I can prove it on the dyno if you want to see it. But he's got radials and I don't. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it was in a tractor. You need a load for a while so you can walk the dog. Yeah. You know, that's where the walking the dog come from. Yeah. You pack the front end in the air a little bit and you yeah, walk the dog it. and you cruise you for know, a while. About, about now they mark. slam you and you're done. You know, and yeah. it's, it's just not as as fun as it used to be you know now you actually got to hear the motor work yeah. for an expend, extended period of yeah. time and you got to see smoke from about the 100 120 yeah. foot mark it start a little bit and then yeah, it just it's getting worse and more and more, yeah. and more and more now it's just womp 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 boom oh, we're done yeah yeah I, if, if i was the sled owner on that deal and they started that class it's like i'm done we're, we're quitting here we're out <laughs> forget it i'm done I mean, you seriously, you just want to put the 1466, the antique class. If, that, if that's how we're going to do this, yeah, just put all the saying. shit in one class and get it over it, with. The first it becomes time. a race at some level. You yeah. know, the guy that can get going the quickest and maintain it. You know, what I learned about those mile-an-hour classes, and I, I'm not an expert in those. Any, it takes a lot of skill to drive those. It does. I'll give those guys credit for it. But, you know, the guys that try to hold back and then get it all at the end, they're getting their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. It's the guys that can make, you know, if they're in a 12-mile-an-hour class, it's the guys that can maintain 11.5 the whole time and then just gun it just enough at the end. That's the guys that smoke through there. And although that has driving skill, what I want to see is a guy that 
takes it to 2,000 RPMs more than he should have on the line, exactly. pops the clutch, stands it on the wheelie bars, and blows it out the end with his hair on fire. That's the one I want to yeah. see. Have you yeah. ever seen anybody tear anything up in a mile per hour class? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do people go to NASCAR for? For the wrecks. For the wrecks. That's exactly right. Same thing with tractor yeah. pull. Now, now they didn't even go to NASCAR for the wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> now ain't nobody going. Yeah. I don't know. Times have changed. But, yeah, it's it's completely ruined my interest in it because I don't want to sit through all the brutality of the stupid classes to watch the two good ones. So it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't go anymore. They've ruined it. That's been my argument a couple of times with several whether it be promoters or organizations like you know if this if this class and i'm not saying pro stock's the most popular but it's one of the more popular classes if it's popular why are we pulling it after 10 o'clock mm-hmm. because i know if i'm if, if i'm a fan and i'm taking my kids to the pool i'm not staying there past 10 no i might if we're partway through the class we're getting close to the end but if it hasn't even started at 10 i'm gone yeah i'm gone i'm going home sorry about your luck maybe i'll take you next year but I, I made that point to, to several of them. You know, I'm like, you know, we're, we're losing fans from the pro stock class because nobody under the age of 16 has seen a tractor go down the track in the last 10 years. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it was all after 1030. Yeah. They're not there. Yeah. You know, but to me, that's when you do the antiques and the mile per hour class because the only fucking people that are watching that or are the, the family of the people that are there. Yes. Yeah. And so, they'll stay if it's four in the morning. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. They're staying there all night. Yeah. Yeah. So... If I'm the promoter, you guys are pulling dead last. Mm-hmm. The rest of us are getting drunk because actually, if I stay long enough, I'm drunk enough by then, I can stomach it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> now, now, fortunately, in most of the stuff I go to, you know, there's none of that for the, you know, yeah. there, there is none of those classes anyway. You know, that's a separate event, but. Yeah, but they've ruined it, so. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. We've unpacked about everything from <laughs> the 70s bags. to the 80s. A lot 80s. of bags. Once again, we've made the big loop. Yeah, we always do. We always come back around. So I guess we're going to have to cut it off here and, and see what we can dig out of the old prairie farmers again. Maybe we'll make another topic for the next episode. So <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, keep it right here. We're trying to get ahead of stuff for farming time coming up. Get a lot of podcasts in the queue for you guys so you have something to listen to. So anyway, keep it right here. We'll catch you next time.